welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm happy to have you with me. Today, I have a new friend. His name is Jeff Silver, and Jeff is 66 years old, and he has four children, and he is a single parent. Jeff has raised his daughter. She was born in 1991, and also his autistic son, born in 1992, on his own. So we want to talk to him about that, but before we do, he's also earned his master's in special education, and he just received, well, not just received, you are finishing your master's in applied behavior analysis from ASU. Is that correct, Jeff? That's correct. <laughs> okay, that's great. Thank you for being with me today. Well, it's my pleasure. Well, we'll see it's about that. Right Oh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. That's so great. So Jeff, I want I wanted to interview Jeff because we don't often hear from the dads. And I think it's really fantastic that Jeff represents the fathers out there and that he's been a single dad for some years now and that he's done it so well and he's raised his two children, but his autistic son in particular, who, which is what we'll focus on, because that's kind of what our podcast is about. So we will focus on that. But really, I want you to tell me a little bit about your family background. Uh, my immediate, my, my background and my children's? Yeah, yes, uh, exactly. Um, well, we, uh, my daughter was born in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. um, and then we migrated to Iowa where I'm originally from uh, because of a job opportunity. And then uh, my son was born there, uh, which is the state I, I was born and raised in. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, the company I worked for, the main office was in Madison, Wisconsin. So then I, I moved to the Madison office and have been there ever since. I lived in San Diego, Los Angeles. I moved around quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been in Madison the longest I've ever been anywhere. Uh, ah. And um, so my son was born uh, shortly after, well, shortly, I shouldn't say shortly. Uh, his mother, I think, struggled with, she was very career driven. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I helped support her and put her through college. She became a nurse, uh, but she always, she was very close to, uh, our daughter, who is quite bright mm -hmm. uh, and demonstrated that even at a young age, um, when we discovered that my son had autism, I think she had a problem dealing with it mm -hmm. or dealing with him mm -hmm. um, and accepting the fact that he was not perfect like my daughter, as perfect as any parent thinks their child is. Um, <laughs> so she left um, while the kids were quite young. And that was a real blow uh, to us. For um, sure. And it, I mean, things went from, you know, white to black overnight. <laughs> wow. How long ago was that? How old are your kids now? I guess I want to, I was going to ask. My daughter's you. 31 and my son is 29. Okay. Okay. So that must have been really challenging. Did So you knew at a, when your son was a young, little guy that he was autistic. Yes, it, uh, we didn't suspect anything. He was in mm -hmm. preschool mm -hmm. uh, and the preschool teacher uh, noticed some characteristics mm -hmm. and pointed them out to us. And we, of course, were in denial. Yeah. Um, 
but had felt the obligation to go and have have him uh, validated. So he was tested for everything, OT, PT, um, had all kinds of tests done to make sure it wasn't hard of hearing or, mm -hmm. or eyesight. Uh, and the final diagnosis was that he was on the autism spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I guess when you say, when you talk about your former marriage and you're the mother of your children, I think that it's really interesting to me how different parents handle autism diagnosis. And I think sometimes we miss the mark we let fear get in the way and sometimes our own pride of what we think our child should be. But the reality is our children really are remarkable. We just have to take the time to get to know them for who they are and where they're at. Exactly. And unleash their potential. Yes. Yes. So it sounds Every like child has potential. They do. Absolutely. So what I'm wondering is how in the world did you juggle being a single dad with two young children and one with additional needs? Well, uh, it was quite a challenge. I think the fact that it was so sudden and no warning whatsoever, mm -hmm. um, I didn't have time to think about it or worry about it. I, I was always a very involved parent. There were times when I would call myself a single parent, even when I was married. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I think the uh, the call to action was there, and I had to uh, I had to meet the, uh, uh, the meet the obligation to raise my kids. I loved them very much. I wanted the best uh, of them, and I for them, and um, they were my priority. But at the same time, I had to continue. I was in a successful career in corporate America, mm -hmm. um, which consumed a lot of my time. So I had that was a conflict because mm -hmm. I wanted to devote as much time as possible to my son and daughter. Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't financially leave the corporate job um, because I still had the financial obligation to support them. Mm -hmm. And then I had the obligation in my own heart to make sure that they still maintained a good relationship to, with their mother to whatever they wanted that to be. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to prevent them from seeing her. She was in the same city in the beginning. Um, I, I, I felt they had been traumatized enough. I didn't want to add to it by saying anything nasty about her or you know, your mother abandoned you or anything along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So there, was, there were all these uh, things going on that juggled my emotions a lot. Um, yes. But I think the thing that made me uh, continue on was just not having time to think about it. <laughs> just, you know, when, you're, uh, when your house is on fire, you run. <laughs> you don't stop and think, well, you know, what should I do? <laughs> that is so true. And maybe, maybe, I don't know if I can say it's a good thing, but it does keep us moving. And, yes. and it, I mean, it does keep us moving in a forward direction to some extent. I was going to ask you, so I know a little bit about your history and I'm wondering, so you worked in the corporate world, but at some point in your lifetime, you went back, actually you said what year, but I forgot to write that down, but you earned your master's in special education. So tell me how 
that came about? How did you even fit that into your life? <laughs> um, well, my son obviously was the seed that sparked that. Mm -hmm. um, he was reaching the point in school uh, where I found the need and desire to be very heavily involved. Mm -hmm. But I also decided that I wanted to be a, a, a good advocate for him, just not one that gets in the way. So I decided mm -hmm. one way to do that was to start taking some courses. Mm -hmm. um, and then before I knew it, I had enough to earn a master's. Wow. Uh, I found time for it. Um, you know, at the time, because of everything I had gone through, I had I sought out therapy um, mm -hmm. just to help me deal with uh, feelings and emotions that I had to mask from the children. Mm -hmm. And when I told my doctor that I was going to enroll in college, I mean, he told me I was crazy. <laughs> he said, uh, "With your, your plate as full as it is, it's the last thing you should do." It will be the most damaging thing you can do to your mental health. And I explained to him, but doctor, it's my anchor. It's the one thing that kept me attached. It was the mm -hmm. one thing that I did for myself. Um, and it was the one thing that helped me stay grounded. Mm -hmm. So I found time for it. And then after a while, uh, you know, uh, financially, I, you know, I started saving and saving. So I uh, left the corporate world and went to work for the University of Wisconsin, uh, which was a drop in income, but still significant enough to support them and the services I was providing for my son. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's when I started working in ABA clinics part-time. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, I think it's pretty special that you went back to get your degree your master's in special education and you say that's what kept you grounded and it was for you but really it's really pretty tender that what was for you was actually for your son yes that's true that's true and but it I, mattered I, I tell parents I always think of the analogy you know you're on a plane and what do they tell you um if you lose altitude the oxygen mass drop mm -hmm. put the, your own mask on first before you help your children because mm -hmm. if you try to help your children first you'll be of no use to them mm -hmm. so i i look at through those lenses at just about everything like if i don't take care of myself um i'm of no use for my to my children mm -hmm. and even though i was managing everything mm -hmm. and juggling everything and being there for my son every minute i even go to school with him mm -hmm. um i could have you know, maybe broken at any time. And then what, what good could I have been? I finally did hire a nanny, uh, which was tremendous in so many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, I hired her because I needed help. But mm -hmm. the benefit I got was that she made absolutely no distinction in how she treated my daughter and how she treated my son. Mm -hmm. If they were going to go do something, they did it together. She did not <laughs> let his autism be an excuse to not do something or to exclude him from it. And I think that was extremely healthy for him. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot, of, lot from her just in terms of that. Um, you know, if she went downtown to the, the, the popular street where the bars are, not at night or anything, but, <laughs> you know, because there are stores there as well, she took uh -huh. them. She got yelled at by my mother, but she took them. <laughs> 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 and um, 
I learned then, you know, you just, you just don't treat them any differently because I still had to give attention to my daughter. I yes. couldn't make her feel that I, all my attention was going to my son and mm -hmm. vice versa. So the mm -hmm. easiest way I learned to do that was you, 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 don't, you don't make the distinction. Wow. Wow. That's a great lesson for me to consider as well. So I love that you shared that. And what a gift to find someone that could help you that treated your children in that way. What a gift. A long interview process. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then you earned your master's in special education and you were working part-time as an ABA specialist or therapist, I guess. Yes. Or tech. Yeah. 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 Yes. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I had to go through all the labels before I found the right one. So then did you, as you were working in the ABA field, was that when you kind of said, you know what, I can do, I want to do more with this. And you decided to go back and get your master's. Yes. Um, I reached the point where the kids got out of school. Um, and even though my daughter uh, went to college for a long time. She got her mm -hmm. PhD in engineering. Wow. Um, but I felt I was at the point where I could make the financial sacrifice to make the leap because that was where my heart was at. I got my nourishment from working with these kids and helping kids and their families um, in any way I could. Uh, mm -hmm. So then I uh, left the university. I took early retirement and then started working full-time in clinics. And mm -hmm. one, one step led to another, you know, I, um, you know, you're a technician and then you can become an RBT, a registered behavioral technician, which I mm -hmm. am. And now I'm hoping with this program that I, I'm taking, I'll get my BCBA, which is the, the high credential you get as a therapist. Mm -hmm. And people ask me all the time, why are you doing this? You know, you're 66 years old, you're supposed to be sitting in a rocking chair, enjoying life. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? You're going to be old, older than you are now. And, you know, I just, my response is always, I don't know what I'm going to do. All I know is that I want to be the best at what I can be uh, so that I can provide the best help and support for families and their children. I'm not driven by uh, lack climbing a ladder or income or any of that been there done that i'm mm -hmm. just taking this journey and where it takes me it'll take me wow so that makes me a little emotional i know you can see me but <laughs> there's like a couple little tears i might have had to wipe away there i just think that's really special and it makes me wonder what what parenting looks like for you right now and where your son is at right now it's interesting. Um, sometimes when I've like written papers or whatever, and I, I'll sometimes stop and struggle. I'll start writing, you know, I was a single parent of a child with autism. And I thought, wait a minute, I still am. <laughs> I'm still single. I'm mm -hmm. still this parent. Uh -huh. um, so uh, I, parenting, it's changed in that he's older and my daughter's married. Uh, but I'm still very close to both of them. We talk like we, my daughter still comes to pro, to me for issues she doesn't talk to her husband about, which I think is wrong. But um, <laughs> my son still lives with me. He's 29. Mm -hmm. um, I, he could live independently, but to be honest with you, 
I think I'd be lost without him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's completely independent. He works, he drives, handles his own money, finances his own car, uh, grocery shops, takes care of me. <laughs> <laughs> he's totally independent. Mm-hmm. Um, but through the years of helping him with his journey, I think it developed a relationship with him and me that's kind of makes us inseparable, mm. uh, which has been a real gift. Uh, mm-hmm. but now I'm reaching the stage of my life where, you know, I have to be practical. Like, you know, what do I, what do I do for him when I can no longer be there for him? Sure. Yes. That's actually, I think that's the question that weighs on the minds of parents that have children with additional needs. And I think it's tricky, but it sounds like in from your experience that your son can manage on his own. And that's that's pretty fantastic for him and for you. And so sweet and so special that I keep I feel like I keep saying the word special, but it is that you're so close and you have such a great relationship. I think that's really great. It's been a journey. Um, when when he started going to get into special ed classes at school and had his IEPs, mm-hmm. um, I would go to the IEP meetings, of course, mm-hmm. and they were filled with all the things that he was never going to do. He'll never yes, do this. Yes. He'll never do this. He'll never do this. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, no way. Um, so I had to insert myself. I hired. There was no ABA therapy then, at least not that I was aware of. Mm -hmm. I hired my own reading tutors, my own math tutors. I was fortunate enough that I could afford to do it. Mm -hmm. But I wanted him to focus on everything he could become, not on his limitations. Mm -hmm. And he said he'd never drive and he drives. They said he'd never read and he reads. Um, So um, I'm not responsible for that. I don't get, I'm not saying that because I'm patting myself on the back. It was in him, and it's always been in him. <laughs> now I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, my job was just to bring it out to mm-hmm. him, um, mm-hmm. and the rest was up to him. I made him feel special every day. I made sure that I built his self-confidence every single day because I think showing love and self-esteem are more important, and this will probably create excitement but i think in some ways it created to his uh, uh it uh, attributed to his success more so than therapy therapy mm-hmm. alone because uh, mm-hmm. i see families that come to therapy but the families are so disjointed or whatever mm-hmm. the issues are mm-hmm. um you still think oh how does this child have a chance mm-hmm. so you know i think the number one thing a parent can do for their child is just love them and make sure they believe that if they um can be an astronaut they can be an astronaut i mean that's why my daughter's an engineer mm-hmm. um and my son he works he got accepted to college mm-hmm. uh but he didn't want to do it mm-hmm. um i think he was always one that would have best fitted for a trade mm-hmm. um and i that's one of my regrets i don't think i pushed him hard enough so he didn't go to school but he mm-hmm. worked, he found jobs. And he had all of his jobs were respectable jobs mm-hmm. for working for the government to working in an insurance office. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and uh, to where he is now, which he's a tire installer because he loves cars. That's one thing yep. he's always wanted to do. And now he's doing something that brings him a lot of satisfaction. And I always told all my children, do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Get about the money. You know, you've got to look, wake up every day and look forward and be enthusiastic, feel the enthusiasm for what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I also, it made what you said made me think about, I have episode 34 with Teva Johnstone. She is a therapist and she actually said, all our children need is at least one person in their corner. They need one person they can rely on, one person that believes in them, one person that builds them up and loves them and accepts them for all that they are and and who they're not too. And that needs to be okay, that who they will never become because we they need that person who sees who they can become and what their potential is. And I think it's really, really important that you shared that and that you shared what it is to show up for your child and for your son, for your daughter too, and how far that can take our children in life. And I actually am with you. The therapies have their place and yes, they're, they have value, but nothing can top the value of a parent or parents showing up for their child or their children in a, in a healthy way. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I mean, there are sons, there are talents my son has that my daughter doesn't have. So, I mean, you know, every, yep. everything, everything's a positive when you look for it. Yes, I agree. I agree with you. Is there a word of wisdom that you could share with some of the other parents out there raising children that are autistic? Well, um, it's interesting, and I, I'll probably still do it when, our, when maybe when I'm done with school, but I wanted to kind of create a blog or a site uh, mm-hmm. where parents could come for whatever it was that they wanted that I could provide. I mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't going to be financially driven by any means. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, you talked about, you know, to hear from fathers. Mm-hmm. When I first started the notion, I thought, well, you know, fathers are, are underrepresented uh, as yes. single parents. So I'm going to target them. Mm-hmm. But then I said, but, you know, my heart goes to the mothers because there's <laughs> more single mothers mm-hmm. than there are single fathers. And where I see, and dads will get mad at me, um, (laughs) I see the mothers carrying the burden. So I Mm -hmm. thought, you know, maybe I have more to offer to to mothers, but to both of them, Mm -hmm. what I offer is you got to have hope. Uh, It's not the end of the world. Uh, The sun's going to shine again. The birds will sing. Uh, Just it's easy to love your children. It's mm-hmm. easy to build their self-esteem. If you cross that barrier, uh, you're going to unleash unexpected potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's the best advice I always give. I think that's really fantastic advice. I think it's very generous of you as a single dad to be thinking about those single moms out there. So I've been in that I boat. See it, I, I see it in my, you know, in the clinic. I see it when I do home sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
father, the mother works, the mother takes care of the child, the mother does this, the mother does that. And many times the father doesn't agree with the therapy. Mm -hmm. um, fathers tend to be in a state of denial sometimes. Now, I'm generalizing. Let me make that perfectly clear. Sure. I see a lot of very involved fathers as well. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when you look at the whole population, um, I see mothers come into the clinic exhausted, yeah. um, wondering, uh, you know, what are they going to do with the few hours their child's at the clinic uh, mm -hmm. to get things done or whatever um, mm -hmm. that they otherwise don't have time for. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll add to that my advice and say what I said before. Just do it even when you have your child. In your own mind, don't say, well, my child's autistic, so that's going to limit what I can do. Mm -hmm. um, that it, don't treat it as a limitation. Um, if you have errands to run, you have errands to run. If you want to go back to college, you go back to college. I mean, mm -hmm. don't view it as a, as a limitation. View it as something special, um, a challenge, no doubt, um, but uh, not insurmountable. And you get a lot of joy and satisfaction from it. Wise words for sure. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate what you've shared here today and that you were willing to join me. Thanks for being here. Oh, like I said, this was an honor. I mean, I appreciate <laughs> oh, it. How often I find somebody who wants to know what I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. And I know that the people that are listening will love hearing your words of wisdom. So thanks again. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.